Welcome to Hallel Fellowship, found on the internet at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. We hope you are encouraged by the following recorded Bible study to look deeper into every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and how they were lived out in the life of Yeshua HaMashiach, often called Jesus the Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 26 through 29, uh, verse 8, or some of your cases, verse 9. So there's a lot of blessings and cursings in this, in this section, obviously. There's details here, which we'll cover a little bit about. Uh, before we go into them, though, uh, any comments or questions regarding this Torah portion? Any that caught your attention and said, what does that mean? Or not quite sure what that meant or why it was written there. Uh, yes, uh, Larry, your hands up. You know, it's, it's funny because it's not just a list of curses and blessings, but it's actually a prophecy of what was going to happen to the Israelites. And it says their history is right there, listed out. Yes, um, it is. It is. It's, uh, yeah, you're right. It's not just a prophecy per se. It's actually you know, history, so to speak. And when we look at it, um, sometimes people are tempted to look at it as all as one thing, like all these things happen all at once, but they don't. They're in sections or portions. This thing happens, then some time lapses, then this section happens, and some time lapses, then this section. It's in, broken up into sections, um, but each section has some event that correlates that, yeah, that happened, or yeah, that happened. Not, not simultaneously, but things happen, and they happened again, and it was a continuous cycle of God saying, hey, guys, you know, you supposed to know the Torah. This is happening. Go back and figure out why. Yeah, it is a history book. Uh, Jerry. So did you, I don't know if this was you, you were kind of like um, messing up just a little bit when you were reading, but did, was there a part where you read, I remember you reading a part when it said, when you have a king, or is that just, when you do this, I'll give you over to a king? No, no, no. This is you have a king. Oh, okay. The king that you have over you. It's kind of funny because it went from if you decide you want to put a king over you to when you, when you have yeah. a king. <laughs> You're right. So earlier on in the book of Deuteronomy, it, it discusses when you c- decide that eventually you want a king or if you decide you have a king, because he knows you're going to have a king because you, you're, you're going to want doing it. To be fair, God probably knew, was fully aware of what the plan was for King David, but uh, still he knew that was the natural tendency of human beings. We look to a, a particular leader, like currently we look to our president as our king. <clears throat> We replace them periodically, or in some cases, don't. But uh, we do do that sometimes. Any comments or questions about this Torah portion we can discuss uh, or, or bring up now or answer for you now regarding this Torah portion? Oh, okay. So we have a few things to rattle off to you uh, before I go into too much here. Uh, okay. So, Touch 26, I have, I have a marker on my here. It's over here. I got one. I, I'll get my marker up here. Here We, we have a, a few things to, to mention off to you on this. Chapter six is a few things to, to, to uh, discuss. So, of course, as you're aware, 26 discusses obviously first fruits. There are, there are attempts to make a, a, a connection between some of these events, but they're not. These are specific events that are independent of each other. So, when it comes to first fruits, it seems somewhat odd as far as how it discusses here. But you know, there's a few details. 
Number one, when you when you when you bring your first fruits up, you have to declare, okay, here's my basket, but draw here's here's your priest, right? I have stick figures. Here's your priest, we'll put a P above his head. Here's you. You have a, a small basket you're gonna give to him. It has fruit in it. Stick figures, fruit. He's supposed to take it, and you're supposed to say these words, right? These important phrases or terminologies. The first thing is, father was an, what was, uh, it says, an Aramean tried to kill my father. So Aram, what is Aram? That is what we, what we would, or by most translate as Syria or something, uh, a similar area, it includes modern day Syria. The Aram tried to kill my father. That's your first statement. What does that mean? Our, our Aramean tried to destroy my father. Well, we think, okay, when did that happen? Well, obviously, we Laban and Jacob. It's the only instance which an Aramean tried to kill a father, right? Yeah, so it's Laban and, and, and Jacob. So you're starting out that, first of all, Aram tried to destroy my father, the Aramean tried to destroy my father. So is Jacob was supposed to die, wasn't he? If you have a military army coming against you, Jacob, he had his uh, 12, uh, almost, yeah, was, was Benjamin born? No, ben was, Benjamin wasn't born yet. Yeah, so 12, uh, 11 sons with him, and they were young. Some were older, but they, they generally they were young. A few servants. Are you going to defend yourself against an army? No, you have children. So what would Laban have done? Laban points out when he came, I'm going to kill you. I came to destroy you. But your God intervened. So in this instance, he was supposed to die, but he didn't because God intervened. Stopped. God stopped it. So in this instance, Jacob was supposed to die, and he didn't. All right, that's one event. The way our Bibles read it, it sounds like because of this event, Jacob fled to Egypt. Those are two separate events. We know they aren't. It's divided out by many, many decades between Going into Egypt and actual, you know, the, the whole I, I, being killed or almost killed by Jake, by, by Laban. So, by the way, Aramean is Laban. He's the only Aramean that ever tried to kill anybody up to this point in history. So, that, that's recorded in our text. And maybe somebody that's not recorded, we don't know anything about that. So, we can't speak to what's not recorded. So, this refers to, to, to Jacob, that God, but God, the whole point is that each instance being cited, we're discussing. Not the event per se, but the intervention by God per se. That's what we're discussing. Each of these are the intervention by God. Uh, it says that, let's see, it says, uh, then my he, for the same individual that Laban tried to kill, Jacob, went down to Egypt. Now we know the story of Egypt. That Egypt, they, of course, sojourned there. There are few became a nation. This is a verse uh, 5 of 26. Strong and numerous, they grew up, they got bigger, but Egypt mistreated them to afflict and to place hard work upon us, and we cried out to you of our God. So they went to Egypt, and Egypt enslaved them. Now, what happens when a whole people group are enslaved? Well, they're enslaved. They're now subservient. They're now servants. They don't get to make rules. They don't get to decide what happens. They're now slaves. So if you remain a slave, what happens to you? You remain a slave. You will live and die as a slave. When people groups are enslaved back then, how many of them overcame and dominated and took over? Honestly, I can't think of one. There may be a few, but I can't think of a single one. Because you're a slave to death. 
It's not like, unlike, this is worse than American slavery. Okay. This is the type of slavery to where you were enslaved as if, well, you know what? I think I should kill you today and you're dead. There isn't a, I have a reason to, you know, I just think I should, and therefore you're killed. So slavery is a little bit harsher because then there's no consequences. At least in American slavery, they had to actually some, some, some excuse, some claim. Well, they, he, he stubbed it, stubbed my toe, some, some reason to kill him. In this instance, slavery is not required to have a reason. So this should, this enslavement should wipe you out as a nation. But it didn't. It says God intervened. God stopped it. The next event that should have resulted in your nation's destruction, God stopped it. God intervened in this, in this cycle. As is, uh, we cried out to, uh, uh, with, with sons and wonders, our forefathers, he heard our voice in affliction. God took, this is verse uh, 8, took us out of Egypt with a strong hand, outstretched arm, with great awesome signs and wonders. There's a methodology which God did so. He brought us this place. He gave us land for milk and honey. And now behold, I brought the first of the ground that you've given to me. O Yehovah, you have laid before Yehovah your God. You should trust yourself before Yehovah your God. So the instance, the purpose of all these instances is not the event itself, not the Aramean trying to kill my father or the enslavement that happened. It's the God did something to say, hey, no, we're going to change events. Why are we doing that? Why is God saying this is, what you're, this is how you're going to do this? Who wants the credit? God does. The objective of your first fruits is to identify who gets credit for this. It's not for yourself. It's not for your friends. Not because of some other deity you worshipped. Not because of might of your own strength. It is God getting credit for it. So the objective of all of these events, the, 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 the process of which you talk about your first fruits, your first your offerings, is to know and remember who gets credit for each of these events. So when I have a success in my life, why is something that I did right in my life and went well in my life? Who am I supposed to give credit to? Obviously God. When you have success in your life, someone lived that should have died. Someone was blessed that was once cursed. Who do you give credit for? You're supposed to go to God for those things, as opposed to, well, the doctor saved so-and-so, or the, 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 the sale went through and they, and they got lots of money for whatever they were selling. It, it's not that the sale went through or the doctors, it's that God allowed this to happen because the opposite could have easily happened too, right? Doctor saved so, oh, but they died anyway. Well, the doctor, you could live or you could have died. It doesn't make much difference. The point is you can succeed or fail because people die and doctors care all the time, right? People try to sell things and survive and wind up no one wants them. No, there's no buyer and it happens too. You can't guarantee the, the, the sale or success. You can't guarantee the life or the death. The point is you're giving credit to when the good things happen, where the credit belongs. So we ask, well, what about when the bad things happen? Well, that's what our curses and blessings discuss. Because <laughs> bad things God can send also for his own reasons, but he, he lists a number of the dominant reasons here as why negative things happen, things that aren't so grand. So we start, we start out with listing good things, where we're supposed to give credit to, and not through begrudging. This isn't like, a, oh, I have to do this. this is a, oh, I'm choosing to do so. And go from this into I've chosen to do so to where I'm going to lean into I've chosen I don't want to. And what the consequences are with it, I don't want to. We'll get into the, in, in those blessings or the cursings shortly. Um, amongst this list up here, we go into, it goes from here into the tithe lists. 
It's only minor. It's a short tithe list. The tithe is popped up periodically throughout your Torah. And of course, he says, what do I do with my tithe? The dominant thing, of course, the tithe is, is, is pretty straightforward. It's uh, your tithe belongs to, uh, now, mind you, not everything, but this is the, this, the one that God's charge. We discussed this like a weeks back. Who's, what is the charge of God? Who's it, who, who is in his care? The fatherless. We have the fatherless. Well, father. Yep, the stranger. The stranger. And then we have uh, uh, the, the widow. The Levite in your gates. Uh, this stranger includes proselyte, of course. And in some instances, although the, I don't think it records here is the poor. I think it was the poor. The poor, the people who, who, are, who have very little. It sometimes includes the poor at different times he lists, and sometimes he does not. These, these lists, when, it, when it's given out, vary some. Sometimes he lists all of them, sometimes he lists just some of them at different, different moments in time. But these generally are the charge of God. Charge of God. So the tithe lists, as far as things you offer up to God, what's the function of the tithe? Obviously, to give credit, credit to God, but in particular to use and assist these groups of people, these groups of individuals that God is asking for. So, hey, these are my, this, this is my charge. And amongst the tithe, of course, it says, I didn't eat it of, in mourning, or in, this is verse uh, 14, of, or in haste, a state of contamination, and give it to the needs of the dead. I have given a heart to the voice of my God. This, this is an important verse, by the way. I didn't eat in intense mourning. When you're going into these pagan territories, these pagan belief systems, when the Canaanites wanted a blessing from their God, what did they do? What did they offer? Their children, dead people. They weren't dead officially, but they were offered dead people. So we're contrasting this, the Canaanites, which is the land that they're entering, so Canaan. Canaan's methodology is saying, I want a blessing. How do I get the blessing? I offer a child or a human sacrifice. Child dies. So then when you get the blessing, where do you go? The child's grave, which is usually the, 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 the altar that was burned on, the ashes you went to. So when you get the blessing, after I offered, let's say I offered you know, Jim when he was uh, two years old. <laughs> well, they usually burned him. You could have stoned him, but they usually burned him. Oh, oh, stone me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> stone me. I offered Jim when he was two years old. And because I needed a good harvest next year. And so I get my good harvest and I go to the altar and say, hey, Jim, here's the bowl of my food. Thanks. I have like little, I have, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts in there. I got, you know, yeah, sugar. Everything is sugar. Don't forget the soft drink with a little straw. He would have liked those. <laughs> I thank Jim. Thank you, Jim, for dying so I could do this. Right. This is what Canaanites, not that they didn't eat Krispy Kreme donuts, something wrong. That was an exaggeration. The Canaanites didn't have Krispy Kreme donuts. But they go to the dead site, the place where Jim was killed, which was usually the altar that they burned him alive on, and say, thank you. So when it says, when you have this tithe, God, God's contrasting this. The tithe is your blessing. Of the great, oops, that's T, not I. Tithe is a blessing. You you have the tithe. You're now saying thank you. Thank. Now God said you say thank you to me to God. But what did the Canaanites do? Thank you to the God they offered Jim to. 
So they went to Jim's gravesite, known as the altar they burned him up on because it's just ashes. And they bring this food as an example, saying, see, it worked. I'm now bringing my tithe to a dead person and saying, thank you for killing yourself. Actually, I killed you with fire. But thank you for voluntarily dying though you screamed the whole, the whole time. Didn't want to do it. Thank you for doing so. But because you did this, because you died, I now succeeded. I now have this blessing. Thank you so much. Next, who's next year's offering? That's the Canaanite methodology. And this is what God's saying, you don't do this. Now, this person pointed out my tithe, I specifically did not go to Jim's gravesite. I did not go to the altar and say thank you, though Jim screamed while I heard him. I had to put my ears to my own son. I, you're not doing that. You're making the question. I didn't and I will not do that. Instead, I will thank my God for these things, the blessings that I, that, that I receive. That's the contrast. So the, the point is the first fruits is saying, thank God for giving this land. The tithe is thank you for the blessing. He points out, if you tithe each year, I will bless you again the next year. Those are the, the ideas, the process of thanking God and sharing with the, the fathers, the stranger, the widow, the Levite, the poor, the process of sharing these things with them. I will bless you the following year. If you go to the dead, poor Jim, or the, the, the altar which you burned him on, or the grave site you put his ashes in, doesn't make much difference. Go to the dead and say, thank you for offering your body and your life for me having you know, the extra donut this year that I wouldn't have had. I'm, obviously, I'm making facetious mark donuts, but the point is that I, I, I get this extra blessing that I wanted because you're dead. Thank you so much. Who are you then thanking? Who are you then offering or who are you then giving honor to these blessings? The dead person. What if they didn't die? Well, then obviously in your theoretical pagan philosophy, you would not have received these great things. So this is the contrast we're discussing the tithe of where does tithe gratefulness come from? It's you honor who it is honored to and you make a distinction of saying, I did not honor those who did a pagan or have offered or followed a pagan practice, a human sacrifice. They don't give credit to those who didn't do what God can do. Can Jim's dead body do any of those things? No. It's just carbon. It's a bunch of ash. It can't do any of those things. Why give credit to it? It can't do anything. It's dead. Anyway, that's the point. So the nature of the tithes were, were contrasting when you, when you, what, what you do with tithe, how you thank God for it, and then the blessing you give as opposed to the Canaanite practice, which uses you know, the dead child, or it could be usually use its child, they would offer as the thankfulness for it. Does that make sense? Well, that's where we're contrasting. God's contrasting. He says, you must openly declare there's a difference in what you do versus what God said to do. All right? And this is a methodology which you honor God. Don't forget that. Just say, thanks for the tithe. Now go off and have a party. Wait. The thankfulness is process includes Father, stranger, widow, Levite, poor. If you don't include these, you didn't thank God. These are the words. That's great. But without these being included, it's empty words. We've heard that before, right? Didn't Hannah say that? God, you're a God of action. You actions are weighed, not just words. That was a mother of, of, of Samuel. Actions matter. Words are meaningless. And it's a Hannah pointed out and God essentially said, yep. <laughs> Words are words. They don't do anything. Actions is what God's weighing, as Hannah pointed out, to you, God, 
actions are weighed. What you do matters. You may do something begrudgingly or do something with a happy heart. The fact you did it, God gives that credit. Now, he may bless something with a happy heart better than you if you had a begrudging heart, but the fact you did it is what he's crediting. That's what he's valuing. That's what he's measuring. That's what he's saying. What you do matters. So again, tithe is based on you have to use it in this fashion. If you don't use it in this fashion, then why are you bothering? Saying thanks God is not very successful if you don't use it in a particular fashion that actually demonstrates your thankfulness. Okay, let's move past this because I want to go to the blessings person pretty quick without wasting too much time on this. I have about a half hour. That's just enough time. Uh, let's see here. We'll bypass a little bit of sections. Uh, oh, yes. Go ahead, Larry. Now, I've read in some places where they say that they didn't really, when they w- went to the past, they said pass the child through the fire. Right. They said they actually just did that, passed it through the fire rather than burning it up. Right. So um, there is a number of instances that have documented that as not an accurate case. And some, some documents say that is an accurate case. So now you're going to an opinion. If you have evidence of both, both a passive, just a you know, quick, quick, quick moving over versus actual you know, to die, um, you, have, you have arguments on both sides. Either one is sanitizing truth or, or not, or telling the truth. We don't know. But since you have evidence of both an actual physical, like altar remains and drawings of one that they actually did burn the child up, then you have to argue that either both were true or one's being sanitized. That makes sense? Most likely, since based on the Canaanite records and the Moabite records, they didn't record themselves, but other people have written about them, the human sacrifice was the preferred methodology. That was preferred method, of which was most like physical, like offer the child up. Because the reason that I say that is because uh, the Canaanites, which we, they later migrated a little further north and became more, what we better call it Phoenicians. The Phoenicians, which, which were their predecessors, Phoenician, which uh, to, to be fair, Phoenicia is not actually the real name of them, um, but that's okay. Uh, the Phoenicians is what the Romans called them. Uh, the Phoenicians, uh, they, they are the, 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 the later descendants. They were, they were came from the Canaanites. So Canaanites was, were, the, were the Phoenicians. Those Canaanites, Israelites moved in. They moved a little further north, being mostly Phoenicians. Uh, but to be fair, Phoenicians are actually, it's, it's, it's a generic term that Rome applied to the entire Eastern Mediterranean seaboard. Oh, Tammy, your hands up. I noticed that. If two people, so uh, Tammy, you hand up first. Go ahead, put your hand up. Tell me you rattle off, and then, then Rose has a question too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're, so when, uh, Larry Harbour was asking about the human sacrifice issue, the Phoenicians, and you were just starting to get into it, but um, the Phoenicians ended up planting um, satellite cities throughout the Mediterranean in North Africa, Gibraltar, Spain, you know, all these different places. And they have found, um, particularly in North Africa, they have found cemeteries of these children. Yeah. There's like a whole cemetery. I can't remember if it was in Tunisia or Algeria, somewhere like that. Might have been near Carthage, where yeah, they right. found yep. cemeteries of um, young children. Like the whole cemetery is basically just children. And they were like, well, why is this? And they, the only conclusion you could come to is, is that they had been child sacrifices. Yep. That was uh, the, the Romans had comments about that. Exactly. So I, was, I was going straight into that. The Phoenicians in the Carthage, Carthage territory, Carthia. 
Now, the Romans weren't really into human sacrifice. They were, that wasn't really a big thing. They were into gladiator watching people die, but they weren't really actually like purposely burning children. wasn't their wasn't their dominant choice. But Carthia, when they were Carthian, uh, the Punic Wars, they called anyway. Uh, three of three of them. Carthia would offer. I think I think they listed it was like ten, average of eight to ten children a month, while they were fighting the Romans. They fought the Romans for like a couple of decades. So it was an, it was a never ending cycle of, of of offerings. There's a whole lot. Um, so Carthia, the Phoenicians themselves spread child sacrifice throughout. Yeah, as Tim is right, throughout the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and there's also, as they were discuss, discussing, uh, actually, was it last? And recently, they have actually uh, remains in South, South America for the same, same idol, same, same uh, buildings. They have a Baal in South America, South America, all the way down across, because they, they're the ones who named, well, we won't discuss the details. It doesn't matter. There's a, with, with his arms still out, the hand, do, 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 you know, Baal, the statue, still waiting to hold the child, the burning child with the altar beneath it. So they still have remains all the way down there with Phoenician inscriptions at the bottom. So the Phoenicians, that was, they, 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 they spread a lot of things. They spread fee, seafaring knowledge, money, and child sacrifice. <laughs> Those are their three dominant you know, claims to fame. And they're the ones, of course, the Canaanites, which is what we're discussing today, which God said, this is repulsive in so many ways. You cannot do this. So I won't say that every instance the Bible records of child through fire means complete burn up to death, but the Canaanite territory is, that's what the child through fire means, complete burn up to death. But I can't swear that every king who says child pass through fire means the exact same thing or not. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it implies, since the Phoenicians, that's their phrase, past childhood fire in their world, their religion means you burn them to death. And Israel was like literally next door and half intermarried with Phoenicians. I don't know that they would have a different interpretation necessarily, but they totally could have. It is possible. Anything's possible. But I'm not inclined to think necessarily that's what dominant place was. Most of them probably were past who means to die. But uh, there's totally possibility that some of them were not. And the thing is, you have multiple opinions. It's total possible that both are true at different instances, or one's being sanitized for Western ears because we don't like that idea. I believe, recall correctly, the South American, when the Chinese crossed over, went the, the, I forgot the general's name, went down to South America on the Chile side. And he said, hey, these guys are still offering humans. They were still offering human beings. It was many, many. Thousand, thousand years later, what it was, he was like, hey, these, are, these people are still doing human sacrifice, yet still, based on in, in, in the China culture at his time, they'd all long since abandoned it. But I forgot the general's name. He, he wrote, a, he wrote a, a memoir about his, his, his findings when he circled down to what we call Chile um, and what he found. But child sacrifice is very, very common, and that was still a very heavily spread thing amongst in the South American continent, as both from the Phoenician side and probably the Chinese side too. About the times, which would have been a similar, similar philosophies. Either way, um, the point is that in the came, comes to, to, to the, the, the tithe and offerings, you don't credit these things with your successes. Does that make sense? We don't credit past dead people for our successes. So it, was a, it was the righteous of great, great, great grandma who said once something, and that's the reason why God's been with us and blessed us ever since. You don't credit those who have died for anything blessing you receive now. 
It's not their death or their life that did it. It's you and your relationship with God. Um, Rose, your hand is up. My question was, are, there, are those the descendants of Cain? Canaanites? Yeah. Um, they're a blend. So uh, there's, a, there's a blend of a bunch of peoples in them. They can't have to include the Hittites and the Hittites, which are not. Um, there's, there's a mixture. Like most people groups, they tend to mix together whatever's most convenient. So there were some of the descendants were descendants of Cain, but some were not. They were descendants of, of, of the other two brothers. It's kind of a funky mix. So there's a blend. Um, and so Noah had three sons, the other two brothers. So there's, oh, 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 oh sorry. I think, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Noah's three kids. I apologize. I screwed that up. I'm thinking Ham, I think uh, a Canaan. Uh, a Canaan was, is, is Ham's son. So Cain and Abel. Okay, so um, this goes into to, to Jewish philosophy, uh, which I won't go into too much detail, as that if her question whether or not they're related to Cain. So Noah, uh, he makes to a certain level of, because of, the flood kills everybody off but Noah's three sons, the one, two, and three. Cain, which was obviously been a generation before him, I'll go over which all before him, there was uh, Abel, E-L, Cain, Seth, and however many other sons and daughters Abraham, sorry, Adam and Eve had. We don't know. There's a whole bunch of them. Obviously, they married their spouses and such. Noah, Noah's flood would have killed any descendant thereof except the three sons plus their wives. We'll do an extra wife here, as well as Noah's wife. So to be descendant of Cain, they're going to be descendant of one of these sons, right? Now, that would mean that Noah would either have to, so we know who his dad was, we have his, his, his lineage, lineage comes from. So to be a descendant of Cain, it had to be one of his wives, either Noah's wives or the wives of his sons would have been related to, oh, sorry, we related to uh, Cain, which totally could be, we don't know because the Bible does not record uh, the daughters and how their generations lent. We, we don't know. And that's, that's not necessarily relevant or irrelevant. It's just a different uh, good argument. So I don't, I don't know, but Noah's would have wiped out everybody except those three boys and their, their wives. And of course, his own wife too. Jewish tradition argues that Noah's wife herself, she was as in the cave. That's Jewish tradition. I don't know if it's true or not. Anyway, let's move forward a little bit because I want to go to the blessing. I don't have 20 minutes left here and I want to go too much into this. Um, Let's see. I'm going to child bless, child sacrifice, death, uh, God's do part. Okay. So it's the blessings here. The blessings are done are broken into uh, different sections. Blessings are cursings, different categories. We have uh, verse uh, here. Let's see. Curse the person really saying. Okay. So in in chapter 27, it goes to all these curses. You know, curse person this, do that. All these various things you get cursed for for all these things you you do wrong. You will note that the vast majority of this, actually all of them, are curses because you do things privately. Do I know if, uh, if, if, if you know, one of you or myself, or do you know if, if I make an idol, let's say you make a Buddha, and I shove it in my closet, you come to my house, you never see it, but I know I've got it there, and I worship it in the closet, no one sees, do you know about it? No. It's something I do secretly, quietly, privately. So does God know about it? Yes. But you don't necessarily know about it. And the same thing with if, if, I, if, if my neighbor's not around, no one's like this way, no one's like this way, pick up the marker, move it 10 feet that way, nail, nail on the ground, 
Uh, yeah, good. Look, look, oh, yeah, those, those crops those are on my land. Oh, you didn't know. I totally understand that. But you can pay me for the rent of my, all this land. I now own it. Does anybody know that I moved the marker? I mean, I know. Does anybody else know I moved the marker? Not necessarily, unless you watch, watch me do it. You would know I moved the marker. That's what I did secretly against my neighbor. Of course, if I, you know, a blind person has no clue the fact that I'm misleading him, I'm like, yeah, let's walk forward, this big, massive ditch, as, 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 as the, 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 the proverb goes. And that could be something that's physically blind or someone who's spiritually blind. If I know somebody who, is, who, uh, who I can mislead, personally, okay, they think this, they believe this, or they don't. I'm going to guide them in a false route to make them think and believe something that's wrong. I've guided a blind person and made them stumble. I didn't physically do it. I did it spiritually or, or through their mental and guidance. So I, I'm, I'm acting as an evil guide. That, that is equally just as evil. But the point is that nobody knows about it. So is it wrong? Yes, because God knows about it. I did something secretly that no one can get me in trouble for, but God knows it was wrong. All these things we just before last year, we covered this thing, are who I sleep with. Do you know if I sleep with, who is it? Uh, my, okay, that's gross. If I sleep with, well, all, all, all these are gross. People who I'm related to. <laughs> if I was doing any of those things, you wouldn't necessarily know about it. Right? I'm not saying they advertise. I know some people do. With, with a big neon sign flashing what I'm doing in my private life. Now, right? I wouldn't do that. So you wouldn't know. All these things are in secret. Doing things evil in secret, God says, not a problem. Take care of that. We will curse you in the open. You will openly be cursed by doing things secretly. And of course, this is, this is, this is the nature of the secret. These bound, all these different lists we have lists here. I think you're doing secretly. Well, going from secret to open is how that's God's prerogative. Uh, we have, let's see, we have here, uh, this basically it's verse 15, all the way through this whole, all these things are done secretly. Um, now, at the same time, if you obey in secret, so if I disobey or, or dishonor, I'll call disobey, I get uh, disobey in secret. And then I get uh, 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 publicly humiliated. If I obey in secret, I get publicly blessed. This is the sequence of work. So the point is, if I'm continuously publicly humiliated, though you know nothing about me, what is likely true? In secret, I'm disobeying God or his way of life he had in store for me. If I am publicly being blessed in everything I do, what does it tell you is most likely true about my personal life? In secret, I obey God. Now, I'm not saying it has to be. It's that there's a likely correlation. Because God pointed out that if you're publicly humiliated, you should be observing, why am I publicly being humiliated? Why am I failing everything I try to do? Take an inward look about what you're doing in your own personal life, inside. What is, what is your internal life like? If I'm publicly being blessed, or you see someone publicly being blessed, I'm not sure that blessed is like they're praising him. That's not a blessing. That's just a praise. You can praise a politician. It doesn't mean anything about them. Publicly blessed, I mean, if they do succeeds, and then do they, they're, they're honoring other people, people honor them, they're respected, they're learned from, they encourage people, they're being useful to a society or their own personal life. 
what does it tell me about the person? Secretly, they're probably being obedient to some, some level, to some degree of God's way of life. I'm not saying they're all Torah observant. I'm not going being that bold. That's ridiculous. But something is being honored in their private life to be publicly blessed. So we have all these individual, these public blessings. Now in chapter 28, which covers through these blessing sequences, the blessing broke up into two different categories. We have private blessings and public blessings. Sorry, not part, part, sorry, uh, individual, but I've been saying, I meant to say individual national, not private public, but individual national. That's what I was looking for. So in chapter 28, the first few verses, we obviously have, uh, if you don't mind you, this is obedience in secret or obedience in your own personal life. These are the categories you fall into. So you have, you get, if you're secretly obedient to God or in, in his way of life, means you're not advertising it. This is just how you live your life in your own household. You are blessed, you as an individual by you, I'm not referring to your nation, blessed as a list here in the city and country. You're blessed with offspring in the form of animals or humans, makes a difference, as well as crops. You're blessed in uh, food, blessed in your journeyings, wherever you, wherever you go, wherever you're traveling, what your, your objective of getting somewhere, journeys. You're blessed in uh, your enemies being struck down. You're blessed in your storehouses, your, your, your supplies, things you have, storehouses. You're blessed in uh, all the, and the work of your hands. You're also being, as at this point now, God points out, you will be established as a holy people. You're holy. Now, look at these lists. Some of us have these blessings more than others, and, uh, and they, they vary from person to person. Now, mind you, this is not every individual. This is not, it's just the individual blessings. There's not each person, but these are the blessings that apply to an individual. I may be blessed in food, but not necessarily offspring. I am blessed in the city, but not necessarily with my enemies. The point is that I get a certain percentage of, not necessarily everything, but a certain percentage of them. I'm being obedient to God in some level. All right, so we have, uh, now we have also national. Or also listed here in 28. Uh, it says, this, again, this is, you're, you're obedient, right? So the nations will fear you. You. Uh, you have let's see here. Uh, you're fertile. You're, 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 it says now this means your land itself is fertile of people, animals, and land. You have uh, let's see. You have a blessing of rain, and of course, it has your storehouses of food. So rain, the storehouses of food. These are national things. We obviously think there are some things are 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 your 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 blessing both as far as you have storehouses individual. You also have storehouses as a nation. Storehouses of food. And uh, see here, you will not borrow, but you will lend. So lending, which is no debt as a nation. And of course, uh, you are the head of the nation, not the tail. So you are a leader. Leader and not follower. So national blessings. So as, you, as a nation, meaning as enough people of the community of nation are obedient to God's way of life, they get blessed individually. What happens when every person in the nation is blessed individually? What does that translate into as time progresses as they pay their taxes, as they help each other out, as they bless and share their wealth? What does the whole nation wind up receiving? It all goes up. It all gets a blessing as a nation. So as individuals are blessed, that translates into nations that get blessed. So we can look at these things and say, well, 
Well, some nations fall in these categories. Most don't. Um, in some category or another. Uh, for example, half our nation has no rain. <laughs> uh, and as far as l- debt and and lending, well, we we know that what that is. Yes, Jeff. So what you're talking about is uh, trickle up blessonomics. Yes, <laughs> trickle up, which actually does work because in, in that capacity, when I have excess of something, what do I do with it? I can either hoard it, which usually means I put it in a bank, then the bank uses it, and they make money off of my hoarding, <laughs> which is one methodology. So the bank moves up, or I pay tax on it, or I spend it or share it. When you spend it, what happens? Then you distribute the money, you're your, 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 your making wealth occur. Because wealth is not the possession of objects, it's the transaction of objects. As far as I move from having to not having, or from not having to having. That's the wealth. The actual storing up of funds of money in a bank or in a box or in a suitcase, you can't eat that. It doesn't do anything. But the, the, the ability to, to use it is what the power is. The wealth is in the usefulness of it, what I can do with it. That's how wealth is measured. It's not so much the actual having money. It's the, the ability to use the money. I could have gazillions of dollars in diamonds in my hand. I can't eat them. And no one's going to take them at the grocery store. So I may have wealth, quote unquote wealth, but it's worthless to me because no one will translate this wealth into a usable wealth. It's just stuck there in my hand. Now I can go try to find a, go to, where is it, Netherlands, whatever, and try to do a kind of exchange, get an airplane ticket, fly over, or try to, try to sell it that way. But the point is that wealth is what you can use in transition and actually use to, to do something. So that's how it's measured. So if individuals are blessed, then the nation gets blessed. If individuals, however, back here, disobey, they get publicly cursed. What if the nation disobeys? Publicly cursed too. So it, w- it works both ways. Uh, hopefully it makes sense. Any questions so far about this? I'll go to the next, uh, my last part. Yes, uh, uh, Larry. Your nation is the most indebted nation in the world. Ah, so that's a good question. So uh, we have, let's, I won't cover too much detail about this because we have uh, these issues here in the tail end of 28. So let's discuss what, a, a little bit about uh, some of these cursings that come, which indebtedness is one of those cursings, right? To be in debt. We have these, uh, these, these warnings to 28, the tail end of 28. Now, mind you, these warnings are listed in not just here, there's actually a few books have been written about this exact topic. Larry, you have this question brought up regarding the debt of, of a nation, national debt. This particular topic in chapter 28, a number of books have been written about this topic and the parallels between this, this list and specific people, groups, or nations, or cities, or states, or whatever, and how they seem to apply as a whole, but not necessarily every detail. So I may, as a nation, go through the list. I, as a nation, might get blessed with rain, but I'm also in massive debt. So it's a mixed blessing. Or I might be in, in no debt, but I'm also in a massive drought. So if, if you have a mixture of blessings and cursings, well, why does it happen in Judaism when they discuss this problem, which they, they talk about this, they said when somebody has a, mix, a mixture of some blessings and some cursings, they're on a transition category. They're either moving from high to low or low to high. So they point out that a man, let's, I'm going to draw a little stick figure man. We'll, we'll draw another piece of paper here. 
And Judy discussed it this way. This is how life works in their observations. I have a person on top. He's a really wealthy individual, uh, lots of successes. They use, he, they, the stories usually show him as a rabbi. So we have a teacher up here. He's on top. Well, this little mountain pop. He's on top. He's the best. He's the smartest, the brightest. He has all the answers of your question. He doesn't live in Helm. He's a, he's, a, he's a really important person. So, but the rabbi sees a servant down here who's an ordinary guy. But he serves the rabbi, does the best he can. He's trying to serve. And the rabbi says, hey, okay, the servant does something wrong, makes a mistake. Not wrong on purpose, but an accident happens. This is a crud. For in, in the, the citation usually given is the broken dish. Well, a little dish here. It's a Shabbat dish. Servant carries. He either drops it. He loses it. He does something happens to it. It breaks. It's the rabbi's favorite dish. He only works for Shabbat or holidays. It's the, the most important dish of all of his, of, of his most prized possessions. The servant breaks it by accident. Oh, no. What are we going to do? The servant does his best. Praise to God. Please help me. Please save me. Please fix this problem. He doesn't bring it to the rabbi's attention. He's too humiliated. And the servant hides the fact that he busted a dish. Not, not, not lying about it, but just doesn't bring it up. And then sometime later, the dish is replaced or found again, or the problem is solved. The servant's so thrilled, he goes up to rabbi and tells rabbi the story. This is what happened. I was so humiliated. This awful thing, I've tried my best and I made this mistake and I was so humiliated, I couldn't bring it to your attention because I was embarrassed. The rabbi realizes I had no idea. I was completely unaware. I didn't realize the dish was gone. I had no knowledge of being broken. I didn't miss it because I didn't notice it, was, it wasn't there. It was just shocking to me. The rabbi realizes, whoops, I'm on my way down the hill. The servant is on his way up. I'm being replaced. And that's the nature of, so you may be, in Jewish tradition, on the way up the scale of blessing from curse down here or the way down the scale from bless to curse. Whose job is it to figure it out? Yours. <laughs> Your job, figure out which scale you're on. Are you going up or are you going down? Are your blessings increasing and your cursings decreasing or are your cursings increasing and your blessings decreasing? That's your job. And hence, we have our Torah that gives us a list of things to look for and says, hey, my curses appear. So if my cursings are going in, are increasing. I, as the individual nation, are on my way down the scale. How do we fix that? Teshuva, return. It depends what you're, what you're blessed on or cursed on. Your job is to reverse the scale. Your job is to reverse your actions. See what I'm doing. Why am I not being blessed? Why am I cursed increasing? Flip it around and start turning back the scale. And unfortunately, is it easier to go uphill or down? Down. So is it harder to reverse the curses because you go back up the scale than it is to reverse the blessings? It's easy to go down the scale. So this reversal is going to take a lot of effort. You have to ride by the top of the hill as you sit. Nope, I got to work my way back up the hill and start climbing again. So it's work. It's work related. Not like, yeah, well, you get the point. It's work to get there. That's the, so that's what we, to answer your question, Larry, you have a nation that's a massive debtedness, the most debt nation there ever, there's ever been. And yet we still have lots of food for now and a few other things which we do well for now, but some things we're, we're, we're decreasing for now. For example, our 
obvious intense lack of rain on the West Coast, uh, which will affect large amounts of our food supply in our whole nation because California produces the food for the vast majority of, of, of the nation. So if, as, a, as a nation's going down the scale, it's the nation's job saying, what am I doing? Why am I going down the scale? If individuals are going down the scale, it's ours to say, wait, what am I doing? Why am I going down the scale? I'm doing something that God is saying, this is not the way to go. I need to look, re-examine the life, return the, return the direction. You will note here two citations that points out there will be no savior for this. Meaning we can't say, oh, well, oh, Jesus, come and save me. No, no, no. Torah, the question is, no, no, no. When you're going down the scale, there isn't a savior that fixes it. What does? You and I reversing. That's got to save this one. The curses and blessings are, we caused it. I chose this degraded lifestyle because I wanted it. As opposed to you saying, it's okay, it's all good. Now you're, now you're back at the top scale again. It doesn't work that way. So then this, these instances, no, no. When you've chose to go down these scales, this is the Savior coming to fix you. The Savior has already fixed us. It's our job to now turn around and start walking back up the hill again. That's the job. If you choose to not walk up the hill, where are you going to stay? At the bottom. This marker is terrible. In your own sludge. Right. Uh, Jeff, your hands up. Yeah, that's one of the points of Hebrews chapter 10. When it gets down to that problematic verse, you know, if you uh, deny this, then there is no more sacrifice right. for you. But you've Where, chosen a way of life. Right. You basically have chosen a path that's away from God. You know, people think, you know, the ups and downs that you have in your life, you know, that's what makes you susceptible that there's no sacrifice for you. No, this is in the sense of, you know, you've gone downhill and you're enjoying the ride. Right. <laughs> yes. Your, your, your life is more negative delta B is in blessings and positive mm-hmm. delta B. Exactly. So the, 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 this, the, that's, that's why in our next Torah portion, which Jeff covers, covers uh, t- uh, next week, God, Moses says, hey, there are two paths in front of you. You will choose life or choose death, choose blessing or choose cursing. Make your choice. You're either going up the hill or you're going down the hill. But as this Torah portion, it isn't the Savior that come and fix you. He's not going to see you that comes, oh, I'll now take the hill down. And now we're all on level playing field. That's not the, no. You may be, have your, your sins paid for. That's the Savior's job. But reality is when it comes to your cursing of blessings, this is all us. This is all me. It's all you. It's all our nation. It's our job to say, okay, I get that I screw up. I did get that I did screw up. Now the job is walk back up the hill, climb it my, my fingernails, my toenails, climb on the rocks. We're bringing it back up because I want the blessings rather than the curse. Go and sin no more. Yes, uh, uh, Alma. Yeah, it's, um, the Torah says it at the beginning. It says, sin is crouching at your door. It doesn't say it's Satan crouching no, at your door. Is, right. And there, there are a lot of people that say, oh, Satan, maybe, Satan, Satan, no, this, Satan, that. And it's, yeah, Satan, yeah. Satan, maybe and it's like, no, <laughs> you chose the wrong way. Yeah, you, chose, you chose a way of life. Uh, own it mm-hmm. and change it and stop it. Right. You have the power to stop it. As most put out, this is not too difficult for you. This is not beyond you. You can choose and you can make a choice. It's not going to be easy. Climbing uphill is not easy. But you can do it. Uh, yes, Larry. 
You know, that makes the whole thing about the cursing, which I was cringing at reading all. Yeah, those cursing like, are Oh harsh. my gosh, why would he do this to us? Right. Now it's sounding like this is a demerit program. <laughs> You're getting demerits for this and you can stop it from happening. Any point in time. And you have some demerits to make up. Yeah, exactly. Because any point in time, these can, re- these can be reversed. Any point in time, say, I'm going to stop going downhill. I'm going to stop, turn around, we call it Teshuva, to return, go back the way you came. Now, if the person's cursed and going blessed, they're going to want to keep going forward. They want to keep climbing that hill. They see the blessing. They saw the rabbi, how great he once was. They will, I want to be great too, not necessarily in men's eyes, but in God's eyes. I want to do good. I want him to be pleased with me. Hence, I'm going to keep climbing up the hill. And hence, this is a Jewish philosophy, but it totally makes sense with the Torah example and with Messiah's teachings. You can't keep choosing to sin and expect the blessing out of it. You can't keep choosing to be a disgrace and, accept, and, and, and assume the world's going to honor you for it. Okay, present politicians, you know, ignored. That doesn't work because life doesn't work that way. It's worse that if you wish the blessing, so do what God instructed you to do, and you can work your way back up the hill to get the blessing. Or if you're starting at the bottom of the hill, work your way up to begin with for the first time, as all children get to do. Every one of us gets to work from the bottom all the way up. So we all get blessed accordingly. Makes sense so far? So this one, it's an important concept not to forget that blessings and cursings are independent of belief or not belief in a Messiah. Blessings and cursings are our actions. We get blessed, we get cursed based on what we do. And the Torah points out, there isn't a savior for lack of this. This is a savior for lack of following God. This is a savior that says, oh, I'm going to choose to not follow God and he'll just save me. That wasn't what Messiah taught. It wasn't what the Torah teaches. Saving is not relevant to curses and blessings. These are independent of each other. This is independent of salvation. This isn't a salvation issue. This is life. Salvation is one thing. Life is separate. So he should get you to life, but you have to actually live and live the way God said, live. This is what life is supposed to be like. This is how it's supposed to be lived, how, it's, how he wanted it designed, how Moses said, there isn't a, a fix for this other than you choosing to follow the way God said, this is how you will live. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, let's see. I want to end. Actually, I, wanna, I, I wanted to end on something else, but I'll, I'll end probably on this note then. Um, these uh, lists of all these things of you know being cursed and impoverished and being you know s- try to be sold, no one will buy you because you're so worthless. Um, and so you go from the very top, the very bottom of all your nations and uh, of all nations about about you. Uh, we'll conclude with this topic because it's it it is it is somewhat relevant to our uh, our, our current our current situation in our political world, the United States. You know, there's only there's very few nations that have ever even come close to achieving these blessings. Very few. Um, the, I have a list here. Where are they? Where's my notebook? Here it is. The only nations that have ever came close to achieving or accomplishing these blessings. Where is it? It's other page. Hold on a minute. Put them down. There they are. Okay. So in now when it discusses nations, the, the, the Torah, the Torah uses the word nations and it can mean the entire global nations or some argue it's local nations. But when it says nations and peoples, which means I mean, it's, it's referring to the 70 nations back in the Torah, which means all humanity, which includes you know, the opposite of the world, the whole works. So typically, the only nations that I have run across that came close to this 
in their local world, I mean, their local area, there's obviously that that can be very common. So, for example, I may have a nation A, this makes a difference, some nation. I have, he may have nations around him. My marker is going dry. These nations may care, and he may be important amongst these nations, but the nations over here, nation Z, oh, thank you. Nation Z over here has never heard of nation A. And he has his own local group. There's X and there's Y. So all these nations, this nation Z might be more important than nation A or not. They don't know of each other. This is not the category God's talking about where it says blessings by all the nations you'll be the head, not the tail. Before the blessings is you are a nation, I'm going to the T, which they all know about. So that's the right way. Nation T is what we're discussing here. So in these categories listed here, to be that nation T, the one who's in charge of everything, an example that's a, that, that's a blessing to everybody, or, or sorry, been influenced over everybody. The only few nations have gotten there. There's obviously more, more recent ones, but the ones that came close but didn't quite make it was Rome, Parthia, uh, and uh, let's see here, was it uh, Spain? They came close, which means... They were so important amongst their local area. Oh, China too, sorry. In their own, not the same time, but in their own region, which means half or a third of the world would honor them as being the most important. Some of them were simultaneous. Some of them were totally independent of each other in different, different time zones, different uh, you know, thousands of years apart. In our modern world, of course, we know the most famous ones is obviously England, who successfully did it. And currently today, though some question this, USA. And yeah, yesterday. <laughs> and soon to be China again. So this, there's the, old, the older regimes up here, the, the ones who were previously in the past, and of course the ones that have been more recent or modern day. Now, these are the who have come close to blessings listed here in these blessings. Now, note they had mixes though. Obviously, USA has massive, massive, massive debts to make that successful. Um, England didn't have the massive, it had some, not the massive debt problems and other issues. Um, China has other issues as well. Now, these are blessed for different reasons. Um, this is not blessed because it's a Torah observant. Obviously, England did some degree, US did some degree, China doesn't at all. They're not, they're, the Torah is not a, not, not a thing for them. As far as they're concerned, the book doesn't exist. So there's a lot of different issues here. But when we, we discuss, and these come and go, all these issues come and go. There's some are blessed, some are deep. De uh, decrease. You will note that uh, they get blessed and decrease in different, different methodologies, different ways. But God points out, if it's going to be a blessing from me, what methodology is he going to use? If it's a blessing from God, where's my list? I had it on. I have my list of nations. Where did my sheet of paper go? My other one. Oh, under here. Set aside on purpose. The nation from God it's these causes are the reasons you're blessed. If your nation or your people groups are successful independent of God, it's not from these reasons. Something else. So the reason why it succeeded. Hence, we look at China today and say, well, they don't follow any of these things. None of this stuff is what they're follow, their, their methodology. Then their blessing, if, if and when they, they, they succeed in becoming the dominant player on the, on, on the globe, it won't be because of their obedience to God. There's some other, myth, some other reason that they're blessed. And it could simply be on the mountain problem. 
servant goes up because the rabbi screwed up and goes way down. Or it could be brute force. There is which the methodology which they use through just fear and, and destruction. So, but those are still legitimate events that can happen. So the point is, when you look at a globe or look at individual or look at a nation, we're supposed to observe and say, okay, well, when I see things, what is the cause of that? Well, I look at my own self. When I see success or failures, what's the internal look inside cause of them? As opposed to pointing fingers at somebody else, it's their fault. It's his fault. Uh, I'm failing because of what she's doing to me. No, those are not the instructions God gave. It's a turn around, look inside. What am I failures for? I'm, or I'm being blessed because of what I've done, how great I am. Again, that's not right either. If you're being blessed, look at yourself and look up to God. What am I, is my blessing coming from? Hence the whole, we start out with the tie and the first fruits. Yes, Isaac. Similar to what you said, um, they could be getting higher because we're getting lower. Exactly. And that does happen too. It's sometimes in instances which you, you, you're going down and everybody else is, you, you, it looks like they're going up because someone fills the void and not say they're worthy of it, but just because you've gone down a certain level. Your blessings have gone down and your coworkers gone up. Not necessarily because uh, he's great and you're, you're, you're terrible, but, or sorry, not because he's necessarily great, but it could be because you're terrible. <laughs> your coworkers rise in the occasion for the void that you can't do anymore, or your child, or your whatever. It makes no difference. Fill in the blank. So that's how we examine things. The blessed curses go accordingly, and you'll, the next Torah portion discusses heavily on you make the choice. You choose. You want a different outcome? Change, the, change what you're doing. You like, the, you like the outcome to continue on what you're doing. Pretty straightforward, right? Any questions or comments about this Torah portion? I'm over time. I apologize for that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Like in the Psalm says, uh, when, David, when David is talking, he says, my enemies are pursuing me. Right. Or, you know, things, bad things are happening to bad me. Bad things are happening to me. I will keep your Torah. Right. So that's a person of the rabbi saying, okay, in this case, King David said, I see Hard things are coming, but I'm going to climb back up and I'm going to keep climbing up the, re- the ladder. I'm not going to continue on down the cursed route. I'm going to choose to keep, or keep a hold of this top platform, this top position as best I can by following your way of life to get the blessings that will get me through this difficult situation. Um, so that, that, that's King David did a good, good example. And God pointed out, man off my own heart. Why is that? Because he clung to the top. He wanted the best. Yes, he screwed up. We all know that. Lots of times. But he still clung his way and clawed his way back up each time he screwed up, which is the honor of returning to shoot to return. Any comments or questions? Yes, Anne. Okay, so so this little guy he broke the plate and yeah. he and he hid the he hid the problem. Didn't tell yeah, didn't tell anybody. Right. right. So I mean, you know, we're told that if you hide a secret sin, mm-hmm. it'll be exposed it's openly. It's gonna be a problem. Yep. It openly will be but exposed. In his, in his, it was exposed, mm-hmm. but only to himself. But he didn't have to say anything to the rabbi about because rabbi didn't even pay any attention. He didn't know. Him. Right. So when he when he exposed it to the rabbi, I thought, gee, he's going to get the get you know his head cut off or something. Right, right, right. Point, but <laughs> but why would the rabbi think that he's going down because the other guy said you know told him the story? I mean, I kind of like lost the. Lost the train of thought, the Jewish train of thought. It's a Jewish story for a reason. So, Jewish train of thought is if the rabbi didn't realize 
he he was being cur- his cursing was, was was his curses were growing because his favorite plate was gone. He didn't notice the subtle reduction in his blessings. He didn't realize it. It's like the whole boiling a frog in water. Do it slowly. The frog doesn't notice. Do it quickly. It notices. Remember, didn't notice the subtle de- reduction. And by the time he realized it and finds out, uh oh, how long has this been happening? This is the rabbi realizing it. I, it was so subtle, so qu- so minor, so little bit at a time. I didn't realize my blessings were going down, and now that I've realized it, this 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 this, this servant who isn't necessarily the great servant. He's not the most honorable. He's not the, the most glorious. Not the most. Not the, not the best there is. But he survived and realized he was being blessed. So being blessed because he the, the plate was restored or whatever was was found again. But the rabbi never noticed it at all. So the rabbi's pointing out the, the, the point of the story is the rabbi notices that the subtleness, subtle, subtleties of my decreasing, I didn't realize, didn't see them coming. But this minor thing of a single dish that was, it's just a, it's, it, it's, it's an object, it's just a thing. The servant was so thrilled at the blessing of this minor thing, the servant was extraordinarily, so much so he even confessed his mistake. He was so proud of the, of the minor blessing, he declared openly his screw up in the process. That it, it, was, it was the internal, the rabbi realized, wait a minute, I didn't realize this minor thing going down. It was insignificant to me. But this servant, the same minor thing, made an enormous impact in his life and belief in God and trust of God. Right. It, it, yeah, exactly. It was it, that, that praise so overwhelmed the servant. The servant forgot he was trying to hide the information. It was so thrilled at the blessing. So it's, it's, it's a glorification of the small things. But Sai pointed the same thing out when he, when he said, physicians, people who aren't sick don't need a physician. People who are do. And it's the, the, the minor things that help those who are in the, the greatest sin. It's the little things they get thrilled and, and, and declared and open and dance about, while those who are already on top, those are things like, uh, what? Who, who cares? And move on. They make it insignificant. So and that, that was the point of the story, which is a Jewish philosophy, a Jewish story, which, of course, has been around a long time. And it wouldn't surprise you if Messiah knew it, <laughs> knew it during his day, too, because it's been around a very, very long time <laughs> about the not noticing the subtleness, and, but the, the little things are huge to those who are on the bottom of the scale. Any other questions or comments? All right, we'll conclude with the prayer then. Almighty God, our great fellow, thank you for our Shabbat day of rest, a day of praise and worship and study and focusing our attention to you and your way of life. May you help us, Father, to observe and pay attention to our blessings and to our cursings and to our decreases and our increases. They will see and notice and declare them and, and Father, do something about them. Either praise you for those blessings or turn around when we see mistakes. Father, may you grant us the strength to always turn around, for no matter how far down the wrong path you're going, keeping the same path is not the right solution. Turn around and go back. We ask you to bless us, Father, and help us always to remember to turn around and go back and examine. We glorify you, ask you to bless you, the best for Shabbat, and Shua's name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship. If you would like to hear more discussions or if you have any questions, visit the website at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel.info. Hallel.info.